worst thing possible is to still need to publish several papers by year four or five when you're getting close to going up. You really want to start early and hit some early targets with publications so that you have enough when you go up for promotion. Welcome back to the Faculty Factory Podcast. On today's episode, we have Dr. Wendy Ward. Welcome back, Wendy. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Wendy is a professor, clinical psychologist by training. She is also the director of interprofessional faculty development and the associate director of professional wellness at the University of Arkansas for medical sciences. And Dr. Ward has developed a list of 10 tips for early career faculty members. And I think today you're going to start with um, your first one, Wendy. What is it? And let's uh, take it away. So I thought today we'd talk about... 10 Things Early Career Professionals Can Do to Prepare for Promotion Success. All right. Love it. So I have worked with junior faculty for a long time, and uh, mentoring is a passion of mine, to be truthful. And uh, I've learned a few things about helping junior career faculty get started and uh, a lovely process of um, stepwise planning toward career success. And the first thing I always tell them is, The first few months to six months, don't worry too much about promotion. Think more about getting oriented and onboarded. So there's all those lovely HR trainings and learning how to get logged in to different um, portals like your Epic or other EHR. There's all kinds of things related to where your clinics are and the process and flow in those clinics. And to try and think more long-term while you're doing that sort of steep learning curve in those first few months is really probably going to lead to overload. So I suggest in uh, about six months in to start really thinking more strategically about promotion success. And the first thing, of course, you need to do is to reread the promotion and tenure document. So that document is there to guide you. And, and frequently, it is very specific. So if you know what your end targets are in one of the many buckets, you will be able to Uh, reach those targets if you develop a plan. So uh, those buckets could include clinical innovation or other clinical targets, um, number of patients, um, revenue generated also are often in that bucket, teaching skills, which would include both classroom and clinic-based teaching, um, as well as mentoring. There might be student advising in there as well. Uh, Research bucket, depending on what track you're on, could mean grants and publications, or it could mean Things for clinicians like reviews of the literature, um, podcasts that are uh, evidence-based, those kinds of things which could be considered scholarship. So all that to say, the first uh, tip is to get oriented to the job. The second is to read very carefully that P&T document. The third is to obtain mentors and, and have a meeting with each, preferably yearly or twice yearly. Now, some people need just one mentor, but I have found that most people need more than one. For instance, you might have someone who could really mentor you in scholarship, but someone different who could really mentor you in your clinical world or your educational world. And so thinking through what, what um, mentors you need and what their purpose is will help guide you in in your conversation with the mentors, but will also strategically help you towards promotion success, because that could be something that you ask each of them from their perspective. Tip number four is to obtain several packets of successfully promoted folks. 
uh, in your same field, if you can, or uh, your same track and college. Um, those will help guide you in what a good packet looks like, but also some of the things that are in it that kind of help it stand out and be exemplary. So reading through those packets, uh, as well as having that earlier reading of your PNC document that grounds you to it, can really be helpful. Uh, tip number five would be making that stepwise plan. So if you have some successful documents, you've read the PNT packet, you can start to make strategic goals for yourself. The worst thing possible is to still need to publish several papers by year four or five when you're getting close to going up. You really want to start early and hit some early targets with publications so that you have enough when you go up for promotion. And it's not just about publications. There are targets in each of the other buckets. So leadership or administrative targets, serving on some committees, being able to show some good work there, an emerging leadership skill would be good, uh, educational skills, again, classroom or clinic-based um, environment with different levels of learner, and then in the clinical world with clinical innovation. So you don't want to be doing all of that at once right before you're going up for promotion. Tip number six, update your CV and create a promotion and tenure shell draft. That means you look at those packets that were successful, look at how they were organized and create a shell draft so that you can just pop things in as you're doing them. So you update your CV at the same time you update the shell draft. That means what you're doing at the end is not trying to remember what you did five years ago and include it, but instead trying to make it look pretty, format, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so that can keep you on track from the beginning to the end. Tip number seven, assess progress twice yearly against your stepwise plan. Uh, that's good because you can get super busy and distracted from your goals, and you want to make sure you come back to them and make sure you're making that progress that you need to do. And you can use your mentors who you're going to be seeing yearly or twice yearly to give you feedback on your draft packet as you go, or even just on a list of your recent activities. Tip number eight is to have a pre-review Pick some people who are not familiar with you, but maybe have experience in reviewing promotion and tenure packets. They maybe serve on the committee or used to serve on the committee, or at least have uh, a long history of mentoring and reviewing packets. But they're kind of fresh. They're not your mentors who know you well, but fresh um, to your work, and have them review a draft packet a year or so before you go up. That helps you identify any gaps. Uh, it also gives you some um, confidence if you're able to, you know, edit based on that feed feedback that your packet is in pretty good shape. Number nine is just to update it in the last year. You can show it to your mentors and others just for a final look. And then tip number 10 is to smile because while everyone around you is taking a week off to create their packet, yours is done and vetted. <laughs> Wow, I love, I'm writing these furiously down and thinking, 10, smile, oh, easy, I can always smile. Oh, thank you, Wendy. That was a great top 10 list, preparing for promotion from Dr. Wendy Ward. Thanks, Wendy. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. The mission of the Faculty Factory is to build and support a community of leaders in faculty development who share tools, resources, wisdom, and encouragement in service to our faculty members, schools, and institutions. We encourage you to go to facultyfactory.org to find out more, get in touch with me, ask me any questions. Maybe you want to be interviewed on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Faculty Factory Podcast. We'll see you next time. 
The Faculty Factory podcast and website is sponsored by the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine Office of Faculty. For more information, visit facultyfactory.org.